Welcome to Alex Anderson's Quilt Connection, dedicated to educate, inspire, and grow today's quilting community. Hi, welcome to episode number six. I'm Alex. I think we can be on a first name basis at this point, don't you think? I'm often asked, when did I start quilting? And truly, when I think back on my life history, I started sewing when I was a little girl. My husband found this picture of me sitting at my grandma's knee, stitching my little heart out. And what is so cute about this picture is that um, my sister is looking intently at grandma while my back is turned and I'm doing my own thing. My husband commented, You've always had your back turned on authority. Well, needless to say, I have been sewing ever since I was a little girl. Thank you, Grandma. But when I was in college, my major um, was in art. And one month prior to graduation, I found out that I was a unit short to graduate. Now, this did not exactly put a smile on my face because I was commuting one hour from Pinole, California to San Francisco State. And I didn't know what to do because there was no way I was going to drive over to do PE for one unit for an entire semester. Well, I had just finished a paper on quilting as an American folk tradition. And I went to my teacher and I said, look, if I finish a quilt that my grandma started in the 30s, would you give me the unit? And the teacher said, great, that would be a wonderful way to satisfy the missing unit. So I called up Grandma, and she had started this Grandma's Flower Garden quilt in the 30s and was more than relieved when she got the phone call saying, Grandma, I'll finish that quilt for you. Well, I was really excited because not only would I be graduating, but John and I would have a queen-size grandma's flower garden quilt to snuggle under at night. Well, probably some of you are already laughing. I had no idea what I was thinking. Needless to say, I did graduate. The quilt was completed in one month, but um, nobody specified the size it had to be, and it was a really good-looking bath mat. So, you know, I finished, I graduated, and while I thought I was going to be a weaver for life, I became a quilter for life. And it's been real interesting to watch quilting grow in the San Francisco Bay Area over the last 25 plus years, and watch how I've grown over the last 25 years in my quilt making experience. Though I have a major in art, there were certain stumbling blocks that just almost just put me under and one would be the color wheel. I can remember in design 101 we would have actually in two different design classes we had to paint a color wheel and I have to tell you friends the sight of a color wheel almost makes me break out in a sweat. When you peek under the flap that's on top of it you'll see all these different tones, you'll see all these different sort of colors that come together when one color meets another color. And frankly, 
I don't understand it. I don't understand the subtleties. In fact, when somebody's looking at a piece of cloth, say a green or a blue cloth, they'll say, oh, that has yellow in it or that has this color in it. And I, I cannot see it. So when you look at my quilts, uh, rarely will you see three pieces of fabric put together. You'll see a ton of different fabrics thrown in because that way if there's a bad choice, eh, it just mixes in and who cares. But I have to admit that in learning more and more about color and fabric and choosing what looks good with what, I have grown to love the color wheel. Let me tell you about how I use the color wheel and the relationships that are important to me. If you go to my website, alexandersonquilts.com, you will find there's a very simple color wheel reflected there from my book, Fabric Shopping. You might want to go buy one from your art supply store and have it on hand. I always have one hanging up in my sewing room so that when I get stumped or in a corner, I look at it and I determine what sort of fabric relationship I want to have. Let's take the most common, the most comfortable color relationship, and that would be complementary. Complementary is when you look at one side of the color wheel and then look at the exact opposite side. So, for instance, if you look at red, the other side is green. These are classic fits. They are color combinations that make you feel really good, that are solid, that work every single time. I like to think of complementary as a good steak and potato meal if you eat meat, um, a ver uh, lasagna, vegetarian lasagna if you don't eat meat, but it's food that is just solid comfort food. That's what the complementary arrangement is. The next arrangement is a triadic arrangement. And when I say the word triadic, transfer that word to a triangle. It's like taking an imaginary triangle and putting that on the color wheel. That color relationship is spicy, it's exciting, it's fun, and I like to think of a uh, triad relationship as a really good, hot, spicy Mexican meal. It's fun, it's punchy, and it's just a wonderful combination that may take you a little bit out of your comfort zone. Last but not least is analogous. Analogous is like taking your elbow and holding it and then your hand moving it like a clock on a wheel back and forth between, say, 12 o'clock and 3 o'clock. This is a very comforting color arrangement. It's kind of like chicken soup on a cold day. It just feels good. Now, what do I care about these different arrangements? I care when I go and choose to put fabric together. Let's say, for example, I'm working in a solid fabric color palette and I pick out, say, purple fabric and I don't know what to put with it. Well, I know if I put yellow, yellow orange with it, that would be the complementary straight across on the color wheel. It's a combination that's going to work every time. I know, say, if I'm working in analogous color arrangement on a quilt, remember, very soft, very comfortable, and it's lacking the punch that I want, 
I might go directly across the color wheel and pick that fabric for the inner border. Let's say I'm making a monochromatic quilt, and that is a quilt that's working in one color family. And let's say it's just a little too, well, predictable for me. I might go and put a triadic inner border to add snap to it. So when I'm stuck or when I don't think a quilt is working nicely, I look to the color wheel for basic guidance. Now in my book, Fabric Shopping, there's a delightful little scrappy heart quilt in it that was quite easy to make. It was um, half pieced, half applique. And when I made all these wonderful little heart blocks, I didn't know as I put them on the wall where to put what block. It got very confusing to me. So I went to my color wheel and I started um, mixing and setting the blocks using the color wheel as the guidance. And lo and behold, it came together. You know, when you go and make a quilt, it's okay to be cautious as you go about choosing your fabrics and being careful. But even a turtle never gets anywhere without sticking his head out. So if you want a little bit of a safety net to help you move forward in your color choices, may I suggest that you do use a color wheel. Don't get all hung up on what's going on underneath the flaps if you use the professional artist one. Or just use the color wheel in its most simplest form that I'm providing for you on the website. I think it's really fun to do things that take us out of our comfort zone, but remember there are tools there to help us. So until we meet and we quilters do get around, have a great day and enjoy your color wheel. For more quilting information and inspiration, please visit us at alexandersonquilts.com.